Hey, Ty Brady here with Brady Insurance Marketing in the Ty Brady way. One of the nation's largest field marketing organizations that helps independent agents achieve a six and seven figure income with the systems and strategies that I'm going to talk about with you today. Welcome to the show. Today, I have John Salabini. And you know what? This is actually a do-over, huh? We tried doing it last time. We had some technical difficulties on uploading it. But anyway, John, so you and I have known each other for how long? And, you know, go from there. Gosh, it's been um, a good 12 years, going on 13. Wow. Uh, since we met at um, at uh, Kirk White's uh, meeting uh-huh. and with uh, his uh, people from uh, Stephen Matthews out west or out east, I'm sorry, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, gosh, these guys were talking Medicare, and I had never seen you before. You were standing over in a corner of the room, and you were correcting them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys don't know what they're doing or saying. And um, uh, so it was pretty cool. So after the meeting, <clears throat> I went up to you, introduced myself, and I said, hey, I want to be able to sell uh, MedAdvantage products that you're talking about. I knew nothing about Medicare. I was just doing health insurance. And uh, they didn't offer MedAdvantage, just supplements. And uh, I said, you know, I've been interested in what you're doing. He says, hey, come meet, you know, you said come meet me at Kellogg. Mm-hmm. Um, I, di- I did, and the rest is history. Well, so we met about 12 years ago, but you had quite the, the history and background. And I know we talked a little bit about this briefly, but, you know, how did you get into selling health insurance? Obviously, you're in Medicare now and selling under 65 health insurance products and growing an agency. But what were the stepping stones that got to to where you're at today? Well, I mean, um, I, I start after my mission. I always want to be self-employed. You know, I had long cutting jobs and that stuff. I enjoyed the freedom. Um, I worked in at Grand Central here in Utah, which is no longer existing, and uh, kind of like your K, in between your Kmart and your J.C. Penny. And it was a great store, but man, I hated the thumb over me. And uh, so after I got my off my mission, I decided to be a professional photographer, and uh, I took a, a course called New York. Institute of Photography, and uh, I never did the course or sent them in. I went and bought, constantly was buying books at bookstores, and I, I was self-taught. And wow. um, I, I started the first year, I think I made, I opened up, a light, you know, the worst time of the year was the fall, so I hadn't got that, so I had to get business coming in, and um I put a small, you know, that's back when you had, you know, from whatever job you have, you know, let's say if they had a McDonald's or whatever they did, and it looked so cool. And I did pictures of them, and I only had one person out of about 30 or 40 that bought, all the other ones bought, and this one person didn't. They got their free 11 by 14 portrait that I promised them just for bringing it in. And uh, so that was my start, and I think my first year I did maybe – ten thousand uh, wow. dollars that and so the following year i did 20 something and mm-hmm. i just kept you know perfecting myself i kept uh going 
And, and that's what I did. I went to seminar. Uh, I, you know, a lot of, you know, it got to the point that I knew a lot of the things these guys were teaching, but I, they said, always come back because there's going to be something that you missed the previous time or something new that will change your business. And every time I went, I did that. And uh, pets were the most lucrative for me. And, you know, I learned that from a professional uh, white background photography. Uh, I used blinds back then uh, that I was taught from one guy and uh, even invested in this course. Oh, my gosh, I, I got my money back in that course on, on two sessions, sessions uh, doing uh, glamorous boudoir photography. Uh, but they were in good taste and uh, did very, very well. And but after 13 years, I got burned out and uh, I sold it to the guy who I just saw here uh, in June back in New York. And uh, we had dinner and and, uh, you know, I sold the business to him and he's still doing it after like 26 years. That's so, amazing. But I, I was done in 13. I just I just couldn't. I had I my had the the I had to have I had to um be creative at all times and it was hard to keep that up and I wasn't going to be the Sears guy and uh just to rush them through take a picture and leave so I I just got burned out with that so but, but self talk self talk from the self talk yeah just kind of but hey, here's what I hear always learning from the professional you know, like you or or from Kellogg you know being on the meetings and stuff like that because you're always going to catch something that will you know sharpen your quiver and uh, or your arrow and uh, so important uh, and then two years later I started a company called Laser Genesis remanufactured toner cartridges it was just starting out and uh, that one I made a lot of money, but there was a lot of overhead. Uh, about 50, 60 percent uh, was overhead, and so. But I made a darn good income. We were doing about a half million dollars. I did two hundred thousand dollars in my second year, uh, and I only been in business for a year and a half. So it took off very quickly, and I did very well. After 10 years, my wife wanted to move to Utah, and back, and I, and I grew up here in my high school years. And I said, okay, let's do it. If I can sell the business, I didn't think I would be able to. But lo and behold, I sold it to my salesman. We found a financial backer. And uh, here, the money I had only lasted me about two years. And because uh, I was paying off three mortgage, two mortgages and the rent here. And it just, you know, emptied my pockets. And uh, I didn't know what to do. And finally, some guy out of the blue sends me an email and says, uh, Hey, would you be interested in selling health insurance? Which it really wasn't. It was more of an indemnity plan. So I ended up in um, Salt Lake for that. And I thought, you know, they were wine and dining me. And I thought this was going to be great. I can make this happen. Well, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. But after five months, I found out it wasn't true insurance. It wasn't like your select health or your mana. And fortunately, a guy called me up as I am talk about fate. I was coming home. Dan calls me up. But you decided to I, quit, right? You decided to quit. So I you, were, just you were quit. done. You had, okay, I was you done. Quit. Okay. Yep. And uh, I come home. He calls me up on the phone. 
and says, uh, hey, you know, I see what you're doing. Can you, t-? you know, he wasn't like uh, saying, why would you work for them? Or it was nothing negative. He just said, you know, how much you making? I says, well, I'm making this per application on average. And he said, how, how would you like to make three to four times that per policy? Mm-hmm. I said, love that. And these would be with like Humana and Select. I never heard of them because all I knew of this one and uh, uh, the prices were a little bit better. But I again, I found out it wasn't true insurance. Wasn't true so insurance. I joined with Dan and, you know, uh, during that duration, I quit probably a half dozen times uh, because I was br- I, I started bringing people on because they were losing insurance because of the home debacle. And um so when the housing industry crashed, these people came to me for insurance, and then within a month or two, they were losing their jobs. And now they couldn't pay their insurance. They canceled it, and here I'm stuck, you know, with the candy in the bag, and I've got to pay it all back. Wow. So I just kept, you know, like I, I said before, I was like a hamster in a, in a wheel, and I just kept working because I had to pay off this debt and try to make money on the side to support myself. And I, I couldn't even do that. I mean, for five or six years, we were on Medicaid. We, you know, we were on, uh, uh, our church was paying for our rent, um, food stamps. And I hate that. I hate that with a passion. Uh-huh. And I was on that one other time in between businesses back in New York, trying to figure out what I can do. And I, I, I just, I don't know, it was just horrible. And uh, we were just about on the street. Uh, I remember one time that by the time the first counselor called me up and said, hey, I heard we're going to make a payment for you. And I said, well, there are three payments. And he's like, what? I says, yeah, I've been waiting for you guys to call me to pay this. So here you are calling me, but there's three months behind. Yeah, how, how do you feel? When you got oh. to beg for the payment, or you're going to be on the street, you that's know. Some dark, that's some dark times, John Boy. I'm sure. Oh my God. Dark, dark, Couldn't dark times. I mean, I don't even know if there's words to describe it emotionally. I mean, physically, just the, the sure disgust. Like even asking for a handout is hard for me. I can't imagine not just a handout. You're saying, "Hey, I, I'm three months. I'm going to be on the street with your family, and you're trying to make things work. You're doing your very best yeah. you can." And oh. thank goodness that he went to the bishop and the bishop said, uh, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, you know, it saved us. And, uh, and they still paid for a long time. And then finally, uh, when we had to move, um, I was at that point had enough business coming in. Uh, you know, I was doing, you know, business with Kellogg. And I, I got off of it. One day I just called DMS and I said, we're done. Uh, we're off this stuff. I don't need it. You know, we now on paper, you could show off our write offs. We could still qualify. I don't want yeah. that stuff. Yeah. If I can afford paying my, for my food and my rent and my, you know, utilities, so be it. That's what I'm going to do. Even though we might still be struggling, I couldn't wait to get off it and I was off of it. And then every month my income increased, increased. And as you know, with health insurance and Medicare, it's residual income. So whatever you make this year, you're going to make it again next year, plus whatever you sell next year. Yeah. And that's the beauty of insurance. 
health insurance and Medicare. I love it. Love it for that reason. You go from two successful businesses to a mm-hmm. very dark place in your life to yep. trying to figure out what you're going to do to pay your bills. You find insurance. You jump from different platforms of insurance, kind of like I did. And mm-hmm. now you're you're making money. You get into a house. So where do you see yourself taking this in the next, you know, five, ten years? Well, you know, it just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I constantly it's got to the point now with close to 800 clients uh-huh. that I get referrals almost every day. And uh, honestly, I didn't get one today so far, but almost every day I do. And it, it'll be ranged from one to three a day. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, you know, so I keep growing. So I, I, unfortunately, well, I don't know if it's unfortunate. I'm never a goal setter because if I want something, I just work harder to get there. And Amen, brother. I, I, for some reason, Goals have never worked for me. I just, just not a goal setter. I just say, okay, this is what I want. Now, this is what it's going to take to get there or to get this item. And, um, you know, you know, and, and can you do this business? You know, for some people, uh, especially you, you're a great example. You just put the pedal to the metal and you made it happen practically overnight. For me, I'm Medicare. I took my sweet time. Now, granted, three-fourths of my business is health insurance, but I like the Medicare. I wish I could do solely Medicare. If I had done that first and worked it hard like you did, I probably would have pushed health insurance aside and said, I don't need it. But I was already doing health insurance, you know, three years before I met you, uh-huh. and I had all these clients to service so and continue to go over time. So now the referrals are just keep going in. And um, so I just just kept doing it. And if you do something long enough and you're persistent, something's going to happen. And a good friend of mine back in New York, one day we were talking, he's a financial planner, and he said, John, I was in the same boat you're in. It took me years. And eventually – finding good, good people that would refer me that I help financially and uh, you just got to stick to it. And I promise you it will pay off. And it did, you know, I've yet to see this guy and ever, and be able to tell him that, you know what? You were so right. His name is Bentley. And he said, and I need to, so one day, hopefully I get to see him or call him and say, you were right. And I owe you dinner. <laughs> so you know? you're, you're, it is so true that it doesn't matter what it is, right? We talk a lot about insurance because, you know, that's our background. But if you're an entrepreneur and you do any type of business, it can be construction, photography, you know, selling cartridges like you did, or it could be a boutique. Whatever it is, as long as you do it and you have passion behind it, you never work a day in your life. And that's what yeah. it's about. You just got to find what you like to do. Now, I have a lot of people that make a lot of money selling uh, annuities and big life cases. I do mm-hmm. not like it. I got a lot I of do not either. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a lot of people that make a lot of money selling just under 65 health insurance. That's great. And you know what? If they're happy, I'm happy. I just want people to know that don't give up. 
you know, earlier yeah. when we did this, we did this and didn't save. What was the story about what your buddy told you when you were driving? Is that the financial planner? What was that he told you that, you know, was instrumental to you? You mean the one guy I just mentioned? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, yeah, Bailey, I mean, I, you know, yes. I, I don't even know how we got on the phone. I think uh, I think I saw he was coming out to Utah, and I said, hey, let's meet up. And uh, uh, But it somehow it didn't work out. But we got talking on the phone. I says, hey, I'm doing insurance now. And, and uh, you know, we just talked about that. And, and I just told him I'm having a rough time. It was about the time that you know the housing debacle and uh and so he said john whatever you do don't quit that's you know yeah, don't that, that's quit because yes. i'm telling you it's gonna be worth it and oh my gosh the living i make uh, the money i make now you know and uh now i have a secretary she's here <laughs> I on it's my daughter and uh it's you know uh, and the lifestyle we live now, you know, we took off a month in June. Uh, I bought a uh, mo- motor home to wow, travel the United yeah, States wow. and, and uh, just had a fantastic time. But it could have come all crashing down here, you know. Uh, back in 2020, I got COVID, ended up in the hospital for 10 days. But walked in there, they told my wife I, I, I wasn't going to make it. Oh. And... Um, uh, they were going to try their best. Uh, if, if anything, I might be brain dead, you know, if I came out of it. But because uh, I was down to 35% oxygen. But I lived through it. Matter of fact, when I came to three days later, I was on the phone with my clients because it was open enrollment. And I was like, I got to get this done. And and I was, you know, tell them, hey, wait here a couple weeks and I'll get, you know, taken care of. I'm doing better now and I'm doing fine. And while I was there, they found out that three of my stents were completely blocked, and uh, we had to do an emergency um, open-heart surgery. So I told them I got to get through open enrollment first. If I die, I die, but at least it's out of my hands at that point. But right now it's in my hands. I got to get this done. I can't, I can't let my clients down. So I got through open enrollment. We set the appointment on January 13th, had that. I tell you, I would go through two more open hearts before I'd get want to get COVID again. That that took everything out of me um, for two months. But your family, I, uh, your family was still taken care of financially, and yes, I'm glad you made it. That's, still coming that's, in. Yeah, that's the power of of residuals. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I loved about it, you know. And then uh, uh, they told me while I was in there that well, I knew this. Prior to even COVID, about a week before COVID, I was told they did a biopsy on my kidneys and found out they were going south on me. So we were in Hawaii, and they did. They just happened to drop dead while I was there, and my legs bloated and my feet. And so I got back, and we had to do emergency dialysis, and and uh, then we did peritoneal dialysis, um, which I'm on now. I decided to go on vacation because I had vacation for three years because of COVID and everything else. And so I decided to take a month off and go see family and friends out in out east. And that's what we did. And and I said, now we got now I'm doing certifications. I told the kidney department that we're going to hold off until end of December when open enrollment's over with. And we'll uh, look for a kidney then. 
and wow, uh, wow. get that first part of next week. So I got a little window there, five, five months. And uh, before, as you know, we get open enrollment faced with again. So, John, so we'll, what a, we'll get one. What and, a remarkable, uh, remarkable, remarkable story. Any other thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners today? And, and we'll wrap this up. No, just don't give up. Don't I, I look at this. I love what I do. And you really got to love what you do. If you don't, then this business isn't for you. And I love helping people. I, I'm a people person, but I'm not a salesman. Meaning, man, I got two brothers that could sell ice cream to an Eskimo. <laughs> you know, and and I, I, I'm just not like that. I am a type of guy that says, if you can give me something that somebody needs, I can show it to them, give them three options, and say, which do you feel is best for you? Yes. Then, then at that point, they got to have it, so they sell it to themselves, and, okay, great, I'll sign you up. <laughs> you know, even with supplementals or uh, ancillaries, I tell them, okay, here's some things they, that, you know, you might need because of cancer, because of this, or hospitalization. It's either pay me now or pay me later. Yes. You know, so I was like, what do you feel is for you? And it's like, it's either yes or no. And I'm not, I don't rebuttal it. I, once in a blue moon, I will, but it usually ends up to be a no anyway. And I go, okay, great. You know, it, it, this is for you, not for me. You know, I, if you don't want it, it, it's no skin off my back. I don't say it that way, but I just tell them that, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's, that's fine with me. I just, it's my job to present it to you and you help decide. you out with it. Yes. If you don't, you know, that's fine too. So I know other people have more success with it, but I think if you push people into it and uh, into anything that you're selling, they're going to cancel it. Persistence is not going to – exactly. You don't – but no. here's the thing. We don't need to. Everybody needs health no. insurance, number one. Number two yeah. is, is that people will spend their last dime to stay alive one more day, and it's solution-based yeah. selling. You, we, yes. we give them a solution, let them choose. I love that. And we don't, I don't care a product. People are like, well, what do you think's best? I'm like, literally, it doesn't matter to me. If your doctor's in network, if you like the co-page, you like the premium, then go for it. If you don't like it, we'll find something else. I do, it yeah. doesn't matter to me. And it doesn't, co- Here, here's another misconception, that insurance agents cost money. That is a big misconception. We get paid, yes, we do, but we get compensated by the carrier. And whether you exactly. buy it online, it's, over it's the phone, or through client. the mail, exactly, yes. Yeah, in the beginning that, hey, I, just so you know, there's no charge for this appointment. Yep. I don't charge you anything. I get paid from the insurance carriers. And whether you you go with them or you go with me, you're still going to pay the same amount. It doesn't matter. Yep. So uh, it's just that I'm there for you if you have any questions that I can handle So you because you're just a number at the insurance company. Yep. So And, and you don't mean nothing to them. I mean, uh, there's no fiduciary duty there but as an agent there is i'm there for you i'm gonna be in your corner we're resp- our uh what's the word i'm looking for um we answer to the insurance companies that that's the law but you know what i don't i answer to my client yep. you know and it's just the way it is you know i'm the one to help them if i got to chew out my carrier the, their carrier because of some screw up or something that's not right, man, I'm going to raise holy heck. 
<laughs> well, the, you know? the thing is that the insurance company is bound when things are done properly, right? And you and I yeah. can create, we can help a lot of heartburn. Meaning, other clients call me up and just ask me, am I responsible to pay this copay? And I'm like, yeah, it is. That's what we talked about. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and pay it. It doesn't mean that everything's covered, but they just want to know, is this right? Because there's so many, so much wrong information out there. And you know I'm what at- I do, uh, especially with Medicare, uh, when I sit down with them and I draw, give them a booklet, and even though I, I, I sign them up online uh, my, through my laptop, yeah. I, I explain to them, I tell them, this is your Bible. You're going to keep this out on your coffee table. And, and if you get a bill that you don't recall that you should be paying, you look in the book under summary of benefits. I earmarked it for you. Just go to that. And if the price isn't right, you call me. Exactly. And we'll, yep. and we'll handle it. Yep. So, and they love that, that they know they can call me. And I'm the type of guy that answers their calls. If I can't, it goes into, I tell them it goes into voicemail. I'm going to call you within 24 hours mm-hmm. max. And usually it's, almost always the same day during open enrollment. It might be 24 hours, but I explained to them that I'm there for you. I'm there in your corner to help you. You're not going to get that from a carrier. So and you, ha- you have, you a don't constant, have to pay me a dime for that. It's illegal anywhere. Well, that's the thing is you have a constant contact person that's going to help you understand. And that's what we're there for. John, yep. we got to, we got to wrap this up as always. Right. Thank you. For uh, John, for being on the show today, and thank you. Share, like, listen, and subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, and if you'd like to be on the show and tell your story, reach out to me directly. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. As always, share, like, and subscribe. Um, go to Instagram at ty.r.brady, and as always, love hearing from you. And let me know what you want to learn on the show or what you'd like me to bring up on the show. Thanks. You can find the Ty Brady Way on Instagram as well as Facebook. To stay connected with giveaways and Ty himself, go ahead and follow at ty.r.brady on Instagram as well as Facebook. This podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Whitney Face Media Marketing. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Joel.